0: Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle. I'm a human design and health coach, and this little piece of the field is here to support you in your journey to understanding and regulating your emotions, to help you remember who you are, to ground into your knowing, and to support you in all things spiritual, emotional, and health. I bring some beautiful souls to share their story with you. And my goal is to have conversations that are supportive of wherever you find yourself in your journey. This podcast really started as a space to use my voice and over the years, it's become so much more. Thank you so much for being here and for all of your support. I love you all. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another week, another episode on the podcast. Uh, this week is a great one. I'm really excited to share this one. I talked to Dr. Nicolia Williams. Um, Dr. Nicolia is a believer, an 11 times international best-selling author, transformational coach and trainer, the founder of The Elevate Method, and a girl mom of two. Dr. Nicolia is also certified in neuro-linguistic programming, emotional freedom technique, time techniques, hypnotherapy, and human design. As a multi-passionate entrepreneur, Dr. Nicoya helps, helps women bridge the gap from where they are to where they want to be. This is done through strategic, individualized, and aligned goal setting. As a coach, Dr. Nicoya has helped women launch courses, become certified, become international best-selling authors, overcome fear, and get speaking engagements. Ten times their productivity, heal trauma and pain, overcome addictions, and get their coaching b- business monetized. This is an amazing conversation. Um, you can connect with her on social media at Nicolea Williams or on our website, NicoliaWilliams.com. Of course, everything is linked in the show notes. But yeah, this conversation is great. We really, really talk a lot about human design. We talk about parenting with human design. We talk about her story and how she's gotten to where she is today. We have really interesting conversation on Christianity and human design. It just kind of like just such a beautiful, uh, fluid conversation about all of these things all of the all of her credentials, everything she's experienced. Um so yeah, I'm really, really excited to share this conversation with you. Make sure you go and follow her. Um just really, yeah, really excited. I'm feeling really excited. I was gonna record the intro last night and something was like, no, I think my son was in my room. So I was like, ah, I'll just do it another night. And I am currently reading the Celestine so the the Celestine prophecy. Um if you have not heard of it It is probably one of the best books I've read in a long time. It is technically a fiction, but it is amazing. Like I heard, I think it was on a podcast. I heard people talking about it. And it was just like in passing. Like, oh yeah, the Celestian prophecy was amazing. And the other person like agreed. And something was like, okay, I need to get this book. I don't know what it was. And I'm almost, I think I started it two and a half days ago, like three days ago, and I'm almost done with it. It is incredible. Like Again, I am so lit up by this book. It's essentially the story about um, this manuscript that was that was in Peru, that was hidden by the government, hidden by the church, and people were just trying to bring it about. And it, it was really like how to be in this universe, how to connect with the universe, how to connect and be with other people. There are so many like so many like insights right like in this book that just like resonates so deeply with like how we can engage with each other um you know going back to like you know the food we eat and how we're giving energy to the plants and how they're giving energy to us like our purpose you know when we look at our parents um you know the drama that we play out through our childhood and then being able to forgive and move on it's how we treat children um how we become addicted to specific energy like in relationships and then asking the right questions it's just really interesting cuz like I feel like it, it, I have been like following, gosh, this past year has just been wild, but I've been like following these, like continue to follow these little breadcrumbs of information of books or things that people talk about. And I read, it it started with like Lumeria and Atlantis uh, and Taurus energy and Venus, kind of all that is all, I mean, it's all rolled into one, right? Like as, as it all unfolds it's like that, you know, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know, but it's such a fascinating journey to like get the knowledge because I'm always wanting to learn. But it like started, you know, kind of like learning a little bit about that, just like coming into myself, learning about more about like the Taurus energy and Venus. And then it naturally went into, then I started reading about the Mayans and the Mayan prophecies, which of course, Peru. And somebody had asked me like a few weeks ago where I want to travel. And I said Bali and then randomly I was just like I want to go to Peru like after reading that book I just feel like so called towards it. And so this book is all about Peru and it's just like blowing my mind. And it's like so much about it is like when you ask the right questions, if you listen, if you pay attention, if you're watching the energy, if you're in alignment, like the answers are always going to come, right? And just like spiritually this is something that we always say like I mean, even in the Bible, right? It's like ask and you shall receive. It's like asking the right questions, asking with the right intention. And then not you can't just like ask and then forget, right? Like be intentional about watching and receiving. And something that I had read, I think it was, um, I think it was Bringers of the Dawn. Uh yeah, I believe that was the book about the Pleiadians. But um, I totally lost my train of thought there. <laughs> I was talking about energy watching energy, asking the right questions. Oh my gosh, I absolutely lost it. It was a good point too. Lumeria, the Pleiadians. I don't know. I lost it. It'll come back to me or it won't. We'll see. But <laughs> but um, yeah, just like linking it up to that, right? Like asking the right questions. Oh, got it. It came back to me. But it was like in that book, the Pleiadians were saying that it's like or it might've been conversations with God. Oh my gosh, I've read so much this year and I started a cello board specifically of the books I've read and like key points or, um, or like, uh, what do you call it? Quotes from books. Cause there's so often times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, this book is amazing. And somebody's like, what's it about? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it changed my life, but I could not tell you. <laughs> I know what it's about, but it's like diving into it. But anyway, I think it was conversations with God. Actually, what it was like, you ask questions and it's like, it, you know, in looking for responses and looking for answers and insights and all these things, like they come in so many different ways. It comes from the people we interact with. It comes from the things we read. It comes from like even when you're quote unquote like mindlessly scrolling on Instagram, like things and answers and responses come to you, but it's what you do with it right if, are you discerning what to do with that information? Are you following that information? Are you so tapped in with yourself that you can see clearly the message and what it's telling you and what you can do with it and act on it and I don't know. Like, I'm sure you can feel my excitement. But like, I was literally just like reading this book. And I was like, damn, like, I am so lit up by this book. It is so good. And I'm like, almost done with it. I want to go back and read it a second time. It's just one of those books that um, it's just incredible. I'm going to in the show notes. If you have never heard of it, I highly recommend you read it. And if you have read about it, or if you have read it, Let's chat in Instagram. Send me a DM. I want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, it is, it's It's just it's so good. And it's just so much about the way that we, you know, it talks about like mystical experiences. The very first time that I meditated and like tapped in, because I never really understood what people were talking about with that, but I was doing a twin hearts meditation um, with Master Cho Koksui. And my friend had, in, another one of those things, my friend had given me this CD Years and years ago, and she was like, "I feel like you need to listen to this," and I I, and I you know put it in a bag, and I did not listen to it for years, literally years. And it was before COVID, might have been like 2019. I randomly saw it; just it had been in like suitcases and boxes. It had had traveled with me. I mean, gosh, where I think I was in Tennessee when she gave it to me. So it had traveled with me to DC, to Italy to dallas like it had traveled with me all over the place and so it would go from box to a drawer to another box and anyway so it had like fallen out and then um, i think i don't even remember what it was something had just inspired me to like get get the audio file on um on apple itunes and then i started the very first time i listened to it it kind of like prompts you to get in touch with that love feeling And so the very, very first time I listened to this meditation, it's like a 30 minute meditation. So at the time, 30 minutes was a long time for me to meditate. I mean, I was doing like five minutes here and there. So for me to sit for 30 minutes, I was like, I think that's probably why I avoided it for so long. So just like sitting for 30 minutes, like I can't do this. And so it just, it, it has, you, he has you think about like a, a happy memory, you know? And so you tap into that love feeling. And it was the first time in my life that if you want to like talk about like mystical experiences or like the love, like consciousness, I feel like that's the very first time I tasted it. And I was so overwhelmed with love. Like, and my body just started like rocking and, and swaying, like completely out of my, uh, out of my control and I just remember that was like the first time I felt it, and I called my friend after that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like it was so wild." And then 2020 happened, and I started um, Master Stephen Coe, who I've talked about in the po- podcast before. He started doing daily meditations, and my friend was like, "Oh, you should, you know, if you should check him out." And he was his student, and of course, just like a beautiful turn of events. But that was like the first time I tapped into that specific energy. And so now when I'm feeling low or when I'm feeling like low vibration, I try and like always, that's where I always come to in meditation, right? It's just igniting that like heart space, that love that is felt there. And it's like, that is source. That is the universe. That is universal consciousness. And if we can tap into that and like operate from that space, you know, things become so much more clear when you're thinking what action you should take when you're coming into that space, right? And so Doing meditations, I always start if I'm feeling like whatever. I always just try and start by activating that space within me, and then I'll usually do some sort of clearing my chakras, um, and then a meditation. But you know, and as I'm learning about attachment styles, and as I'm learning ways to n- literally rewire our neural pathways, it is emotion and repetition that actually that are what creates new neural pathways. And I started doing TBM again. And just like I've always, (laughs) I've always fallen asleep during the meditations. And so I've kind of like always gone off and on with TBM because although I know that there's so much power within that and there's so much evidence and there's so many expanders, I love, love the program. If you don't, you don't even have to be a member, but if you listen to the expanded podcast, it's beautiful in the ability to give you expanders it's seeing is believing right it's like what it was it the four minute mile or something nobody believed whoever it was nobody believed anybody could physically run it and then one person ran it once and then i think it was like within like six months like 10 more people had run it right it's like seeing is believing and so when we find like quote-unquote expanders as they call in to be, to be magnetic work in the expanded podcast it shows our subconscious that it can be done it shows our subconscious gives it, it starts to like rewire our beliefs, right? And so, like, as I'm kind of like going through this process again and tapping into that space, bringing about that emotion of love, right? that emotion, because emotions are the physical things in our body. Emotions are our are, are, are bodily sensations. And then feeling is how our, what our mind attaches to the emotion. And so repetition and emotion is what actually creates change. And so now, as I'm going through TBM work, again, I'm feeling like tapping into that space as I'm reprogramming you know, memories and events and thoughts and beliefs and doing the journaling as well on top of it, it just feels really powerful. And everything, everything is always for a reason. Everything is intentional. Everything is with purpose. And it's like, can we see that? And in part of this book, The Celestine Prophecy, talks about, um, you know, the dramas we play out in life. And I think there's the intimidator, the interrogator, um the aloof and then um oh my gosh, what's the other one? The victim, like poor me. And it's like all these like dramas, right? It's how we react, how our attachment system reacts or deactivates, activates or deactivates. Um, you know, based on the way our parents were with us. And so it's like, if you have the interrogator, you're going to create an aloof person, right? And so anyway, it's just like talks about how all of these like dramas play out. And then you have to like go back to your childhood and understand where it came from and be able to like rewire that and to be able to kind of, again, like tap into that source of your knowing that love and then like move past it. But I don't know. I could go on about this book again, Looking it in show notes. It is so, so good. Um, But I'm going to leave it at that. This episode is really good. This is coming out on Thanksgiving. So if you listen to this on Thanksgiving or listen to it after, I am going to do a one day sale on Friday. I literally like forgot this week was even like the week to sell anything until I got like 8,000 emails (laughs) trying to sell me everything. Um, But I'm just going to do a... uh, blanket, uh, 40% off everything on the website. So that that is going to be the one-on-one sessions, human design sessions. That's going to be HD attached with this, which is like a 12 week program. Um, the self, which is the seven week small group container. I'm only taking five people through. I'm relaunching that for January. I really, really think this is a great time to do it. You know, we're all like so many people like set intentions for new years, which I think is like a fad that's fading away, but I really want to use the tools these tools to actually rewire our neural pathways because it's like we set these goals and then we don't believe right our subconscious doesn't believe that we can actually achieve them. And so then we don't. It's that, you know, we we, you know, it's like if you believe you will, then you will. If you don't believe that you will, you won't. And it's like our conscious and our subconscious are always like kind of fighting that battle. And so just like kind of like taking it through this program to allow you to un to allow you to have awareness of those blocks and beliefs and like giving you the tools to actually work through them as they come up. So it's like meeting the triggers, meeting the resistance, meeting the blocks, meeting the subconscious as you go. Um, and just have like tangible steps and realistic goals and all that. So that's gonna be starting in January. So there'll be 40% off of that. Um, the ebook, the Emotional Mastery work- Workbook, is on the website. I've got a few more things in the works as well. Um, as we talk about in this episode, we talked about it just briefly, but Nikolia and I had talked offline. I had created an emotional wave journal, I think like last year, it might've been in 2020. Um, And I literally, I like wasn't like super happy with it. So I kind of like left it. And then we had um, a 15 minute little chat before we booked the interview. And um, yeah, she had just mentioned that she was looking for something. And I was like, oh my gosh, I literally have that, right? That generator, that MG response. And I was like, I literally have that like sitting in my Canva doing nothing. Um, And so that's coming. I went back in, I'm reworking it. Um, I would love to launch that on Friday. I may, depending on how much time I get on uh, tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday to really work through it. So I might do that as a pre-sale. Um, but again, just check everything is in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram at Rochelle.Christian. That's likely where I'll be announcing it. TikTok Rochelle.Christian website is Rochelle, RochelleChristian.com. Um, those are the main ways to engage with me. You can email me Rochelle at Rochelle Christian and it's R O C H E L L E. And then Christian is Christian C H R I S T I N E. So it's got an E in the end, Christian with an E. And yeah, I appreciate you all so much for listening, Um, and I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I loved having this conversation. Let me know what you think. Share it with a friend if it resonates. Honestly, sharing the podcast helps so much. Um, Rating, reviewing, subscribing, all the things. Spotify, you can just click those five stars, and then um, iTunes really, really helps if you leave a review because then it shows up in the ranks, and then it just gets to more ears and more incredible people hear about the podcast, and I can bring you more guests and more information and all that Stuff. So I appreciate you so much, and I will talk to you next week. I am briefly interrupting this episode to talk to you about Dame. So if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I am all about self-love, self-trust, getting to know yourself, and a huge part of that is not just getting to know your mind, but it's also getting to know your body, right? Dame products have really been, not only do they feel amazing, but just a company that I'm so behind. Dame is literally disrupting the sex industry, and it is created by females, four females, created by Vulvas for Vulvas, right? And so it's all about pleasure, right? Understanding our bodies and how it works. And their products are just incredible. They have been so kind to give all of you a ten percent discount. The code Emotional Ten, E M O T I O N A L Ten, and the link is also below in the show notes. You can click that link, get yourself ten percent off on the air. The Arc has been my best friend for years. Um, it is good for. All sorts of stimulation. You can use it with a partner. Um, Just really great for a little date night out with yourself. But don't miss out on this. Get the Emotional 10 discount today. I am so excited to have partnered with Seed Probiotics, We know this podcast is all about emotions, and the state of our gut greatly influences the state of our emotions, our ability to self-regulate, and so it is so important to take care of our gut. It's like having a little mini-universe inside of our body, right? When we have good bacteria, it's running efficiently, and when we have bad bacteria, things can get a little misaligned. So seed is incredible. I started taking them around November, and within 48 hours, I noticed the difference, Seed has a double capsule, it's a pre and probiotic. So the prebiotic digests in your stomach and the probiotic actually goes to where it's supposed to go to be the most effective, which is your colon. The science behind this is incredible. You can geek out all about it. I honestly love, love, love this product. Like I said, I've been taking it for months. I noticed such a huge difference, and I am so excited to be able to bring this to you. If you use the code EMOTIONAL, E M O T I O N A L, at checkout, you will get 15% off your first month of the Daily Symbiotic. That is code EMOTIONAL at checkout. Welcome to the emotional mastery podcast today. I have Dr. Nicolia Williams, a transformational coach. I mean, when I look at everything that you do, I mean, it's like my open ego gets like that imposter syndrome. I mean, NLP, EFT, hypnotherapy, law of attraction, human design, author, like it's really incredible. Um, So I would love, first of all, welcome you to the show and then just let everybody know a little bit about yourself, your journey, you know, kind of things that got you to where you are today, what you do, all the things.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to say the pleasure is all mine. I'm really excited and happy to be here. Um, so a little bit about me is my journey to getting here. So a couple of years, I, a couple of years ago, I went through a divorce and anyone who's been through a major life transition like that, it can be unearthing. It can be scary, but I feel like it can be... Um, eye-opening and just like almost rebirthing at the same time. And I didn't understand that at the time, but now I do. And I'm, I'm grateful for that experience. So at that time, I went through a, through a divorce and I bought into the American dream, you know, 2.5 kids, a white picket fence in a house, a husband, college, work, all the things. And so when that was taken from me, it was like, man, like who is Nicolea without all of these All of these things. And so I joined a single moms group at like a local church, hoping to just connect with people that could relate to me. And I didn't know that this would be like the game changer for me. But as I joined the single moms group, I had a couple women ask me to, or the leader asked me to be what was called like a table lead, um, instructional table lead. So I started to lead these in depth conversations with women. And um, as I was leading these conversations, the women would always ask me amazing questions about like, how do you balance being a mom and working full time? Because at the time I was working a full time job, a part-time job, raising my girls in my doctorate program full-time, like busy was my middle name. Mm-hmm. So they were always asking me these questions. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I should put it like in like a PDF to give it to them. And as I started creating the PDF, I'm like, I'm gonna create an ebook. And then as I started creating the ebook, I'm like, I should probably turn this into a book. And it was just like a little passing thought, but I was like, I'll give it a try. And from there, I ended up writing a book. I started coaching people on writing books. And then as I started coaching people on writing books, I started coaching people around healing, um, around their story that they were getting ready to publish. And then I moved into um, having my own coaching certification program where I certify other coaches in a lot of different modalities. And I'm also a person that is a big, giant nerd. And so that's where a lot of those certifications come from, because I actually genuinely like to learn probably probably too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like I'm constantly, my bookshelf is just like, it's all like personal development, self-help, spirituality. I mean, that's just like what I, same thing, nerd out on. I read constantly um had you been an author like were you were you writing before you kind of decided to put all this into a pdf and a book or was just just like this like um what's the word i'm looking for um inspired like thought you know that kind of came through
1: yeah good question so i actually told my high, a high school teacher of mine that i wanted to write a book and she was like you're not a really strong writer so you probably mm-hmm. Shouldn't write a book. And so that I, I adopted that belief that she told me as my reality. And so never wrote. So when that thought came up, like years later, I'm like, I can't really do this. But it just was, I mean, I'm sure many of you can relate to it. it's just one of those thoughts that just kept coming up. And I'm like, it's not an accident that it, that it comes up. And here I am 11 books in, and mm-hmm. so grateful that I didn't push that thought to aside any longer.
0: Yeah, I love that. I remember doing a creative creative writing class and it was just like picked apart so much that I felt like I was like, oh, but I love to write. I've always like I mean like blogging, journaling, you know, I just think it's 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 powerful and it's healing, you know, in itself and then, you know, then putting that into a book where you can actually like help and guide others is just it's so beautiful. So, you said all of the like the NLP, EFT, all these things were just like just like passions, right? You're just interested in it and you kind of like decided, was this something that has happened like since your divorce or before that you were just kind of like, you know, finding things that you're interested in? I love that question
1: so much because it was actually, when I think of like, so I identify as a Christian. And so when I think of like Christianity, it's like, oh no, like you better not cross over into the womb world. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was something I was like totally against. And then I've learned to learned to learn create almost this balance in my identity of like, I still identify as a Christian, but I also see the power of the science behind it. And so I went on a journey a couple of years ago. I read a quote that said, um, the average millionaire reads, over 50 books a year or something insane. And at the time I was reading a lot, but I was reading maybe one book a month. And so I set out on this journey to read as many books as I could get done. And that like created this massive domino effect, but in a good way where I started that personal development journey, constantly reading. Cause my whole life, I bought into this idea that I didn't like to read because I was told what I needed to read. And once I found where my passion was and I started to read what I loved, oh my gosh, it was like immediate, like no brainer. I was drawn to it. And same thing like you, I you know, read a ton of personal development books. Last year, I read 56 books. Like I, I love, I absolutely love to read. And so then as I started reading, I started to understand like the science behind the subconscious mind. And then I was so intrigued. And then I started to learn about human design and oh my gosh, it like changed my life as I started to really implement it. So um, that's how I got started on it. So that was more of a recent thing since probably around 2018.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where do you find the time? That's so funny. So I don't actually. (laughs) read. I, it's, it's so funny. Like you're asking all these great <laughs> questions like, before, because I literally just told one of my really good friends that I want to take a speed reading class because I want to read more. Like I'm in the middle of reading four books and I can't get through them quick enough mm. Not because I want to rush them, but because I want to know, like, I'm so interested in the knowledge in them. Um, and so a lot of what I do is I do a lot of audio books. So there's probably, about, I probably do about 50, 50, like 50% of them actually reading. And then the other 50% audio books. So I don't really listen to a lot of radio. I don't watch a lot of TV. I just listen to a lot of audio books when I'm cleaning, when I'm walking, when I'm driving, all the things.
0: Yeah. Do you listen to them on normal speed or like 1.5? Oh, you hear how I talk? When <laughs> I listen to them on normal speed, it sounds
1: like womp. womp, <laughs> womp. So I listen to them actually I do. It's so bad. My brother got in the car with me the other day. He's like, what is this? <laughs> he couldn't understand it, but I talk yeah. that in general. So I have to listen fast too.
0: Yeah, that's so funny. I listen to like all like podcasts and everything at 1.5 speed. Like if I listen to like if for some reason, like, I don't know, somebody puts on my podcast and I hear myself at normal speed. I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. I can't do this. You got to speed it up. I sound so much better at 1.5. I'm just so used to it. But I love that. Yeah, I'm such a huge reader. Like I have yeah, ever since I've been like a kid, I think that was my escape you know, cause like, I was just always told like, you should be like this, you should do that. You should do this, you shouldn't do that. And like, just like reading, I used to do a lot of like fantasy or like for a while it was like romance. Cause I just like, when I was having struggles in relationships, I wanted to be taken to a space where like relationships were like, which I also think like on some level is kind of damaging, you know, kind of like Disney movies and stuff. You have this like ideal of what a relationship should be or what it, you know, is portrayed as, but side note. But yeah, I mean, I just like, now it's just everything. And it's funny that you said like four books. I have so many books and I have this problem where I like, I'll start a book And then I've ordered another book. So it's come. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to read like the intro, right? Because I just want (laughs) to see But then I get hooked on that book. I'm like, no, I have to go finish the other one. But it's like, I want to, like, if I could know everything, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just find so much value in books, even like, I don't know, like anything, there's something that you can take from it. I feel that
1: same way. It's almost to a detriment to me a little bit because I always like, if I read a book and I don't like it, I always feel obligated to finish it because I'm like, what if there's this one thing that like I'm missing out that I don't know that I'll find out. And like nine times out of 10, there isn't, but I I feel that same way. Like I want to know it all.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of books that like I have, so I have my whole like bookshelf is organized and what all the books I've finished, all the books I've like half read, <laughs> all the books I need to read. That's amazing. <laughs> Mine is like alphabetical,
1: but that makes way more sense because then I don't remember which books I left. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's amazing.
0: Because yeah. that at least like if I finished a book, I'm like, hmm, what do I want to read next? And then I can go through the half-read books and be like, oh, this was actually good. Let me see if I can finish that. Because I do believe sometimes with like, um, like the book Autobiography of a Yogi, I don't know if you've ever read it, but I started reading that years ago, but I could not get into it. And then I read it, I finally like finished it this year and it was like, it blew my mind with how powerful it was, right? But I wasn't at the space mentally or spiritually or whatever when I had first picked it up to like actually take in the information. But yeah, that's just kind of the way I do it. But I am I like, I keep telling myself every year, I'm like, okay, my new year's resolution is to read a book, cover to cover and then move on to the next. And I just, (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) It seems like your style is working
1: for you because like you said, you start something and then maybe when you're in a better place or your subconscious is ready Mm. to receive it, you can come back and pick it up. And that makes, that makes total sense. That makes total sense.
0: Yeah. I think I figured out, I, I I stopped like shaming myself over it. Cause like some people will be like, Oh, you like it's, it's, I think it's that quit mentality, right? A lot of people are like, Oh, well, if you quit books, you quit this or especially being an MG, right? It's always like, Oh, you always That's quit things. Fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, just like embracing who I am. Um, so like then switching to human design, how did you, how did you get started in that? And then, you know, because, you know, he had mentioned that you were to Christian, Christianity and everything like that. I feel like, you know, sometimes bringing human design, the system to people, it does seem very woo and very like occult or, you know, things like that. And I'm, you know, I personally like not to get into like religion or anything like that, but, or I guess to get into it, but I just like, I love to read books on everything like Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, like all the things, because I just, I find it so interesting. I guess I want to understand it all. For me, it's like, I don't think that anyone is wrong, but I love to see where they all put their beliefs. Like I'm currently reading a book on Buddhism and it's so powerful, the focus on the mind, right? How we can control or not control our mind in that sense, right? So we can just let it be and just find this peace within us that's already there, right? But I think every religion is so beautiful and powerful. And so... That was a little side note, but going back to like human design, how did you, um, was there ever a point where you felt like maybe it didn't align with you?
1: Uh, I love that question to actually have an entire YouTube video Mm. on that. Um, if you ever go to YouTube and typed in human Design as a Christian or Human Design and Christianity, mm. my video will pop up because i I share my journey in that. I, I, I want to address one thing too that you mentioned, and then i'll I'll kind of dive into that. But you mentioned like how you're so interested in, in so many different religions and the background and the history and why they were. I love people like you so much because that's one of the first things we we teach and like and what we learn and I teach in NLP is like understanding and respecting everyone's model. Mm. Of the world. And when you, when, I feel like a lot of people can be so closed-minded or closed off to different things and it keeps them boxed in. But when you start to try to see things from different perspectives, it's mind-blowing to learn some of these things. Like mind-blowing, Buddhism is very fascinating. Like mm-hmm. that's a perfect example. But for human design, actually how I got into human design was I was working with a coach and I had gotten, you know, a couple of years into my business and she was like, you literally have everything you need to succeed. You are in your own way. And I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? She's like, you really need to understand the way mindset plays a role. And I'm like, I, if you think I'm investing in a mindset course, I'm absolutely not. Mind you, like that is my go-to. And I love all things, mindset, somatics, human design, like all the mm-hmm. things. So I'm like, at this point, I was like desperate, really having nothing else, like no other way to explain it. But I'm like, I've done everything right. I have all the systems. I have all the support. I have all the strategies, but like I, something's blocking me from creating this success that I wanted. So I started to study mindset. And just on that journey, I learned about human design and I was resistant or hesitant like, to, to, to learn more about it. But something kept tugging me. toward. And I, I don't know what it was, but it was just one of those things. I saw um, a lady's post on Instagram and it was like spot on. She was talking about my my design as a manifestor. And I was like, oh my gosh, that feels like me. So then I was curious. So then I typed in my chart. Um, And unfortunately, I had a bad experience where I had someone give me an incorrect reading of human design. So it, luckily it wasn't too far off, but I was told I was a manifesting generator. So I spent probably about six to eight months studying, like deeply studying manifesting generators. And there were some ways that I felt really connected. And then there was a lot of things that I was like, I need to do deconditioning around. Once I got the right um, reading, then I started to really prioritize it. But from my perspective, what I love about human design is I feel like it's the ultimate permission slip to come home to yourself. We live in this world where we're constantly on social media, we're watching TV, we're seeing all these things, and we're comparing our real life to everyone else's highlight reels. And we don't know who we are, who we're designed to be, What we're spending so much time pretending to be somebody we're not. And we're all made uniquely special in a special way. And when I understood human design, I feel like it gave me permission to be me in a way that I had never, ever done before. Like, for example, when you mentioned like one of the things I'm, I'm really good with ideas. I come up with a lot of great ideas, but the idea to follow up with the action behind it isn't me. And so I bought into like that. I I normalized burnout for a really, really long time. When I understood human design, I immediately hired um, a VA and that, oh my gosh, that was like such a game changer for me because I stayed in my zone of genius and she stayed in hers and I started to produce more content. And I started to create more content and I started to show up in more energy. And so I just started to do little practice things with my design that made me feel more connected to myself in a way that I hadn't before. And so that's what I always t- tell people that are like hesitant is I actually feel like what it's gonna make you feel connected to yourself, which ultimately makes you feel connected to who you identify as your creator because then you start to see who you were designed to be all along.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, Yeah. I resonate with that story a lot too. I mean, I just, when I, for me, it's always been, yeah, I guess we subscribe so much to like the labels and the societal conditioning, everything, right? We have to be this way. We have to be that way. If we're not, we don't fit in. We don't, things don't work. And it really is hard to like stand in your truth sometimes, right? To like come back and stand in your knowing when everybody else is telling you something different. But like, I just, I felt so deeply wrong like in yeah. shame and so much things. And when I saw my human design, I'm a six, three emotional manifesting generator. So just the six, three learning that in itself, I was like, damn, <laughs> I am <Relax>. like, <laughs> I am just, yeah. I'm like meant to fail at things and figure things out and like restart things. And I'm 36 now, but I found human design. I think when I was, uh, 31, okay. something like that thing was like 2019. I don't even know the math. I'm, I'm <laughs> Something like that. After the pandemic, I lost track of time. Yeah, I know, right? It was like right after my divorce because I was like doing all of the like personal development, healing things, journaling. And I was like, something still isn't clicking. And then human design like found me and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I don't have to feel like shame for any of these things that like I am, right? I just am who I am. And then yeah, it allows you to see like you're where you're highly conditioned, right? Like for me, I have an undefined ego and G center and pressure centers are undefined. So like I'm feeling the pressure constantly and then I don't know who I am. Right. So it's just, it's such a beautiful tool to just like understand all those things and like come back to yourself. And I love that. Like you found it and you incorporate it. And what does it look like when you're working with somebody incorporating human design in your sessions? Is it just a matter of like, I mean, you helping you understand them and them understand themselves better, but what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so I two ways. So first, a lot of times I love to know human design because then it helps me to understand them, like you said, because I can start to see where they're out of alignment. Like what are like, for example... um, not always but i would say like a vast majority of generators when they like i had a client this is a perfect example she came in and she was spreading herself too thin with so many different ideas but only one idea was lighting her up and so once i understood that that, that was what was really lighting her up we we honed in on that idea and we built the product suite that way instead of building like um almost like a horizontal product suite we built a vertical product suite on the same exact concept on the same topic and that changed the way that she showed up in her business tremendously so a lot of times i'll do it as a way to like understand who that person is as they're coming in and then other times um, as I'm as I'm doing it I can start to see again like where they're out of alignment but teach them about themselves because I think self-coaching is also really important too because I'm not like when someone's back and call like I want you to be able to coach yourself and realize oh you know what this is where I'm out of alignment this is where I'm in alignment that kind of thing um you know for me I have my my root center and my sacral center like totally open and so I don't have a lot of that sustainable renewable energy and so for a long time I felt guilty about wanting to take breaks or maybe not wanting to always do high intensity workouts and as I change that, I started to show up in the right energy in the places that it matters. And so I use my story as an example of telling them like different ways that they can, you know, decondition, even like um, I think about the variables and how the variables explain like our routines, like what kind of routines do we have? Do we need to have a structured routine? Do we kind of just need to be with the flow and teaching them that helps them to show up in the right energy. So I definitely uh, love to use it as like an intro tool, but as we continue to move on, and then I also like certify coaches too, so that they can also, Also take this inside of their business and then teach it to their clients as well. Because I just think it's such a powerful system. I use it with my daughters, like my youngest daughter, for example, she's um, she doesn't need a routine when it comes to like her her digestion and her eating. And so forever, I'm like, we all need to sit down and we need to eat dinner as a family because it felt like it was important to connect. That felt like, you know, we have a busy day. And so we're all sitting there, but she never wants to eat and she wants to eat when she wants to eat. So for a long time, I feel like I forced her like, no, you have to eat. Like we're all sitting here as a family, we're eating together. And now I don't do that anymore. She sits at dinner and we talk, about our days and we process, but if she's not hungry, she's not forced to eat. And I recognize that her routine as far as eating looks very different than mine. And that's been a game changer for helping me, you know, relate to her. My older daughter, she's a manifester, just like me. She cannot stand. She's a, she's an artist. She's like all in art. She cannot stand to be interrupted. And so for me, art makes me anxious. And I'd be like, Oh, don't get a spill here. Don't do that. And now I'm like, I trust you to go in your zone. And then we'll worry about the cleanup later. And I just can't watch her do art, but learning mm-hmm. these little small things has helped me to up as a better mom, as a better coach um, and to help my clients also be able to do the same.
0: Yeah. I love that. At, 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 like for parenting, human design has been so helpful. Just in like, exactly like you said, like my kids just in, you know, I do same thing busy. I try and like have us eat at, at a time. And my biggest thing with my kids, they're both touch cognition. And so like, they same literally, yeah, funny. they like eat with their hands. And I'm like, and my parents or like people, you know, adults that are around are like, eat with your fork, do this, that. And I'm just like, when we're at home, I'm just like, I mean, they eat the most ridiculous things with their hands. And I'm just like, you know what? Just like <laughs> get a napkin, wash your hands before you leave. But that's also right. It's how they know if they like it or not. And then, yeah. yeah, they're both, they're passive. So they don't, um, yeah, it's like my son will like snack as I'm cooking dinner and then he's not hungry for dinner. But so I just try and like stock the house with like healthy foods. Cause I'm like, you know what? It's just it's his process. Like that's just the way that he wants to eat. And it is what it is. So just like, yeah, it doesn't make
1: him bad or you right or him wrong. It doesn't mean any of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it was frustrating for a while. And even there are times where I get frustrated because he says he wants something. And then I put it in front of him. Like I've cooked it. I put it in front of him. He's like, Oh, I actually don't want it now. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) save it for another day for lunch or whatever. Um, but yeah, I love that so much. Yeah. It's so, it's just been so helpful as a parenting tool. Um, and you know, all the rest coaching and everything.
1: It's funny. My daughter did that this morning. She went, we were in the, we were in Costco and she smelled the rotisserie chicken. So she's like, I really want a rotisserie chicken. I don't eat meat, but both of my girls do. So I'm like, okay, you guys can split it. And then I'll just make a side. That's perfect. That's one less thing on my plate today. I'm like, but you guys have to eat it. She's like, I promise I'll eat it. We got all the way home. Do you think she ate that rotisserie chicken? She didn't want it anymore. She took one little piece of it and she was done with it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. My son did that with like seaweed, a seaweed snack yesterday. He's like, I promise I'm going to eat it. I'm going to take it for snack for school, whatever. And same thing. We got home and he was like, I actually don't really like it. (laughs) I I had a feeling that was going to happen, but my daughter likes it. So it works out. (laughs) But So you had mentioned before, like kind of like backtracking a little bit, you had mentioned like standing in your own way that you had a coach that had said that to you. And I think that's such a common theme for so many of us. And, and, you know, human design, I think it's just a beautiful tool to like, kind of help us get out of our way because we're allowing ourselves to decondition and see where we've picked up on others. But how did you like, was there like a specific process for you to like actually kind of step out of your way? Because, and maybe more so a theme that's been coming up for me a lot has just been like, I'm really working to like settle my mind and really, you know, most of the time I'm like, feel fairly neutral. Um, but then there are times where it just like goes crazy. And I'm like, I know when I like look at everything that I'm trying to do and working on, it's the same thing. I always tell myself, I'm like, you are stopping this for yourself. Right. So how do you like, get actually get out of your way and and learn to trust yourself.
1: Yeah, when I think of thought stopping I want to address that first and then I'll kind of walk through my process. When I think of thought stopping, think about like when we're at the beach and we have this giant beach ball and we're trying to force the beach ball with all this pressure down underwater. It keeps popping up, right? But what if for a moment instead of trying to force the beach ball down, we just let it roll around us. And just with careful consideration and grace, we just watched it roll around us. So same with our thoughts, instead of trying to force them away, sit with them, ask mm-hmm. yourself, where are these thoughts coming from? Like, why are they surfacing? What's coming up for you? Um, what do you have to learn from those thoughts? Like I, your body knows a lot, your body, there's a book that I actually just ordered because someone recommended. So I can't say that it's good yet, but someone highly recommended it to me. And it's called the body keeps score. And it's all about the way our body remembers things, even if we don't, consciously remember so I think about that with our thoughts like I am I am a gentle observer of my experiences and it's taken me a long place because I I am a recovering pessimist. And when I say pessimist, that's a nice way to say it. But I was a very, very negative person. I mean, I always saw the negative in everything. And I'd be frustrated because my mom is such an optimist that I, I, we always clash because she always wanted to see the positive. And I'm like, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist, but it was ne- I was negative, really, if I'm being honest. And so I've now become a gentle observer of where I'm observing these experiences, but from a place of grace and from a place of like curiosity, like what do I have to learn from them? Um, so for my journey, I started to study mindset in the subconscious Mind and the power of our conscious mind, our subconscious mind. Because when we think of like K through twelve, we think about the way that we're socialized. We think about all of these things. We are taught to operate from a conscious perspective, and not only that is only about five percent of our life right now. As I'm talking, my mind, you know, I'm still blinking, I'm still breathing, I'm still sitting, I'm doing all these things because my subconscious mind is leading my body. And your subconscious mind is where lasting transformation and change take place. And there's an entire like process behind like r- you know redoing your subconscious mind, but a simple way for me to explain it is when we think of our brain, Our brain is like a holographic filing cabinet, and it files different experiences, pictures, um, experiences, thoughts, all of these things in a different ways. And when we shift the way we file it, we actually shift our our overall results. So that's a very simple way to explain the like massive science behind it. But what I did is I started to study subconscious mind, and I became my own first client. So like when I was studying hypnosis, I started to do hypnosis sessions on myself as like a reprogramming tool. Emotional freedom techniques is an amazing strategy. And it's all about like energy and the way our body stores energy. If we think of like still water, it becomes stale if it's not moving downstream. It's the same thing with our body. If we're not moving toxic energy out, we can't replace it with positive energy where we've feel, you know, stressed or overwhelmed or all these things. So I started to, you know, do tapping on myself. Cause I'm like, if I'm teaching, if I'm eventually hoping to teach this to other people, I gotta be my own first client. So I started to use a lot of these tools within myself. And then I took it a step further and I did some, a lot of somatic studying, um, just the mind body connection and teaching, teaching myself about like safety. Like I know I'll give you guys a very tangible example. My mom was a teen mom. And so we struggled, we struggled a lot uh financially growing up. And at, even though as an adult, my mom became an attorney when I was in eighth grade. And so from you know, the time I was born to eighth grade, we struggled. We lived in Section 8 housing, which is like low-income government assisted housing. Um, I was the only of 12 of uh 10 grandchildren. I was the only girl that lived local. I had one cousin that lived away and she was like 15 years younger than me. So we weren't even like close in age. Um, so we're all boy hand-me-downs for my cousins. Like we struggled, we struggled. And then at eighth grade, my mom got her. Um, law firm job and we bought a house and we moved into a, a little bit of a better side of town but like my life shifted but a lot a lot of that was deeply ingrained and so when it came into business the idea of receiving money when I tell you guys I was so resistant to that because it didn't feel safe it didn't feel normal it didn't feel comfortable and so there's a lot of like simple things that I did somatically to calm my body around being able to receive and that and that took for everything receiving a relationship receiving in money receiving help like a lot of these things because it was so abstract and abnormal to me. So anyways, to sum that up, I did a lot of work around mindset and a lot of somatics and I practiced a lot of tools on myself as my own first client to be able to get to that place.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it got harder before it got better? Oh my gosh, it was so
1: hard. It was so, I took a somatic program. This is, this is something so simple. And in the program, one of the things that we had to do is we would go into breakout rooms on Zoom and we would just sit in there quiet and let the other, like we would tune into what our body was feeling, not say anything, but let the other person just hold space for us. And so it was just a quiet room for five mm-hmm. minutes that was like torture. Like every call, I remember one time my daughter had a game and I was so grateful that I missed this call. Cause I was like, I don't want to sit in a quiet room. I don't want to connect. I don't want to like, I was just And it wasn't even anything major, but it was just, it, my body was he- resistant to like having someone hold space. Cause I had never received that before. And so it was, it was a lot, a lot of hard work. And, and what I will say is it's a lot of hard work, but in the long run, it's worth it. And and here's another little caveat that I want to add to healing. is not like a, one and done thing. Like I, I heal, healed is a word that like triggers me. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. we never really healed, right. Healing is more of like a journey where we're constantly unlearning than we are learning. And we have to be on that constant journey. And so that's the thing that I just kept telling myself, like, this is for the bigger picture. And even though it's uncomfortable now, it's something my future self will thank me for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I it's, I think sometimes like we try and heal so hard, right. That we're like actually resisting ourselves. And it's like, every time, you know, like, I feel like now that I have gained like more awareness of myself and my triggers and my trauma and all these things, like when they come up, it's like, I'm fully aware of my body and my nervous system and what it's doing. But then there's an element of just like, it's almost like, I have the tools, right. Whether it's meditation or breath work or just going out for a run or like, I have all these tools to like, to like, um, you know, regulate my nervous system. But then sometimes it just, it can feel almost like, because I'm so aware that that now it's like, okay, now I know what's happening. Now I have to do something about it as opposed to like before, you know, not, it wasn't better, but before, you know, if I felt activated, I'd like have a drink and like whatever and go to bed. Right. But it's just like, now I'm like, I don't, those things don't, they really don't work at the end of the day. Right. Maybe in the moment. Yes. Um, and if I do that now I do it with awareness, right. Cause it's like, I know what I'm doing and I'm not ignoring it. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's, it's just, it's an interesting process. And, you know, a lot for me, a lot of my trauma and triggers come from relationships. And so it's just like, and my therapist had told me, she was like, you know, you can do all this work by yourself and that's amazing. But because your trust was broken within relationships, that's where it's going to have to be built too. You know, And so I was just, yeah. And so it's so hard for me because I noticed like, like, I'm, I'm divorced as well. And so like, as I date and everything, all of these triggers and past traumas come up. And then I'm just like, I feel like this chaos. Right. And so it's really putting into practice all these tools that I'm using to like, come back to myself and trust myself. And, you know, I don't need to overshare and not everybody is going to just manipulate me and hurt me and all these things. Right. So it's, it's a lot and it's interesting, but it's, you know, it's really powerful.
1: I have chills, like literally like hearing that, that part of your story, because you're, you're exactly right. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the four attachment styles. And again, mm-hmm. this is all kind of new to yep. me, but like disorganized, anxious, avoiding all that. I, I learned that I was avoidant for that mm-hmm. same thing because trust had been broken. And I'm like, I'm good on my own. Right. But like, once I get with other people, it's, oh, things blow up. And so I was avoidant, but like me avoiding I always felt like that was better because I'm not like oh I'm not like anxiously attached to people mm-hmm. like hanging out in hotels kind of thing but really it's not any healthier right and so we yeah. do have to kind of restore repair that and I love oh my goodness I love what your therapist said I, oh my gosh that's so powerful
0: yeah well because I was literally sitting here and I was avoiding relationships Like for two and a half years after my divorce, I did not want anything romantic. I wanted to figure myself out. I wanted to be prepared to show up as a healed human being in a new relationship. And she's like, Rochelle, it's not how it works because you're going to get into a relationship and you may think that you're healed, but all those triggers are going to come back. Right. And I was just like, oh, but yeah. So attachment styles, I love it. I actually like, so we're recording this in August, but next week there's going to be an episode coming out specifically on attachment styles with a, a guest episode. But so I learned that I'm fearful avoidant. And so, but I tend to lean more towards anxious. So I tend to go for men that are avoidant, right? Which turns me into an anxious person. But then, oh. yeah, but then the, it's hard too, because then when I find somebody who is more anxious, I become avoidant. So I'm like, I really try and like navigate this balance of just like showing up as I am. And I, and for me, communication has been like so helpful because I used to just like, I used to whatever the other person said or wanted, I was like a huge people loser, right? I just felt like my worth was based on what they thought of me you know? And so I would just do whatever, but now I'm just like, no, if I'm feeling anxious, just, I don't know, like self-soothing myself, soothing myself and like seeing that inner child, like I'm anxious because my inner child just wants to be seen so badly right now. And I'm used to like attracting a certain type of person. So I don't know. It's just been really helpful. And I, yeah, I love, I love the attachment styles because it's just like all of these things that we have just help our minds, you know, have the languaging for what's happening to us you know, yeah. and then we can take it through whatever process it is. That's going to help us kind of come back to ourselves. Like, you know, for me, like breathing for like setting a timer for five minutes and just doing really deep breaths really calms my nervous system. So it's just like having those tools. Um, but
1: knowing also that you're not alone, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you read like, oh, I'm fearful. That's my, my, my attachment style to be like, oh, there's a word for this. Like, this makes sense about my behavior. Like, I'm not just out here making things up or being crazy. Like it makes sense. That's mm-hmm. a thing.
0: Yeah. And it makes us feel seen because exactly for that. It's like when we just feel like we're not seen or not understood or yeah, that lone that, that I'm alone in this thing, and, you know, for me, like the podcast, that's how ha- most of why I do this. Cause I want people who are listening to know they are not alone in their pain and their suffering and their sorrow and their grief and whatever it is that they're going through and then give them tools to come and find like the love and the joy and the connection within that. So, um, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. I, would I love, love that so much. Yeah. I, I would love to like shift to law of attraction because that's also like so fascinating to me. I've read the books, you know, I listen to Abraham Hicks like almost daily because I just feel like I like to get in that momentum like during the day. Um, but you know, I do think like there isn't, I think there's a stigma maybe, or a lot of people see law of attraction. And it's just like you just have to be positive. I would love if you could just speak to that for you know, for your experiences and how and how you've learned through that.
1: Yeah, so it's so funny. The law of attraction was what got me interested in the twelve laws to begin with, because I saw or I read read the book or see the documentary on Netflix. I can't remember which one was first, but I, I learned about it and I I got really excited, which I think is great, right? It lights people up. But what most people don't know is that the law of attraction is actually a secondary law. So there's there's twelve laws of the universe, and like when there's all these other laws that. That come up before we can even get to the law of attraction. So, like, for example, there's a law of vibration, right? What you what energy you vibrate at is what you're actually going to attract. So if I'm at, an energy of like frustration, I'm going to attract more things that actually make me frustrated. If gratitude is one of the highest energetic frequencies you can be at. And when I learned that, I started to really make gratitude a part of my morning practice and my morning routine, and it's a non-negotiable. And so as you start to understand these laws and you incorporate these laws, then that's where the law of attraction comes into place. The truth is if we if we attracted every single thing we thought about, it, it would be impossible. Right. But it's those things we constantly are thinking about, but leveraging and using the law of gender, the law of vibration, the law of requisite variety, all these other laws If we're using all these other laws then the law of attraction, it kind of falls in place because you're prioritizing your energy. You're prioritizing that balance between the masculine and feminine. You're prioritizing all these other things and it makes that law fall into place. So I love it so much. I definitely feel like it's made me more conscious and aware of my thoughts. Um, But it's it's not to the point where I feel like, you have to beat yourself, beat yourself up if you have one negative thought. We're humans, right? But again, are you are you sitting for, from a place of curiosity and grace and reflecting on what that thought is trying to teach you, and then maybe regulating your nervous system, or maybe thinking about okay, what can I do to shift this belief? That kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you had said earlier too, you know, when you actually sit and observe, which I think meditation is helpful for me because you know i think we think of meditation it's like we're not supposed to have a single thought but meditation is really the observance of our mind of our thoughts letting it tell its stories but then we're sitting here watching it and honestly when you do like slow down and actually pay attention so much of our thoughts are negative right we have this like this looping story that like constantly comes forth in some way or another and so yeah when you think about law of attraction and i you know sometimes it can be like oh my gosh am i and we are attracting those things but then it's like we can also kind of find simple ways. And I think with acceptance and embracing and just like allowing those things instead of just like stopping, because I'll sometimes find myself like in a, in a thought pattern, I'm like, just stop, you know what I mean? And, but that's not, stopping it just makes it bigger it's going to come back in a bigger way yeah. so yeah i like that
1: a, another thing that i want to add on to as you're when you were saying like stopping it here we think of our brain we create what's called like neural pathways in our brain and it's almost like if you'll say you're walking in a forest that's like newer you're walking in a park or something that's newer there's going to be a path that's carved out for you and typically you follow that path if you go off the like beaten path there might not be like a walkway so the same thing with our brain the more we think of like a certain thought or a certain belief we create a neural pathway that continues to believe that and continues to reinforce that. So what you want to do is you want to start kind of repurposing your thoughts. You want to reframe your thoughts so that you can create a new neural pathway, believing the thing that you ultimately want to believe, because as you mentioned, Rochelle, like, Research says we have like, I think it's, I want to say it's like 90% of our thoughts are negative and then another 5% of them are repetitive. So we are on this hamster wheel of negative thinking going again and again. And then that's why our life reflects it. It's not from one or two or even 10 bad thoughts. It's because the vast majority of our thoughts are repetitive or negative. And so what we want to do is we want to reframe them to be more positive so that it becomes the norm to think in that way, not against it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, so my journaling practice in the morning, I do like affirmations and I, and like, even when I'm, I find myself in these negative thought patterns, like I will like kind of reverse it and and find a different way to word it. Right. And I, and I don't feel like it's an avoidance of it. I feel like it's for exactly that, for like, I'm trying to attract more high vibe feeling within myself. Right. And it's just like acknowledging that thought pattern and like replacing it with something else. And at some point I'm going to sit with that feeling, right. I'm going to take it through meditation and just focus on the way that it makes me feel. But yeah, I do think, and, 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 that's where i get like with law of attraction i i absolutely 100 percent believe that it works but and again i don't think it's i don't think we need to like avoid all the like n- the negativity because it's there right it's like it's on that subconscious loop um are you kind of circling back to human design now are you an emotional manifestor I am an emotional man. It's also been
1: a very interesting ride to say the least. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, of course, with the emotional mastery podcast, I always would like to know like people's relationship with their emotions and especially being emotional, um, you know, riding that wave. Cause that's another thing that helps me too. A lot of times when I'm feeling like so stuck in that low, it's just like this too shall pass this. I always remind myself it's going to go up. It's going to go down. We just got to ride it out. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've been trying to, one of the things I've been trying to do, and I'm not as consistent as I should be, is trying to track my emotional waves, um, just from a place, again, from a place of like grace and understanding, because it's, for me, the way that it comes off is it feels all over the place. It feels like I'm really, really high, and then I'm really, really low, you know, and I feel all over the place, but I know that if I tracked it, it probably isn't exactly what it, what it feels like Mm -hmm. in that same way. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting journey.
0: Do you know what wave you have? Tribal wave. Tribal wave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you? I have individual, so I'm 1222, which makes me an MG. That's what makes me an MG. And then I have my Ajna connected, so I always um I, 2343 is my sun earth and then 1222 is what connects my throat to my emotions. And I just yeah, sometimes I'm like I feel like that's why I like I can get so mental sometimes because I literally have this direct connection from my emotions to my mind. Right. And so I just like, there's so many ways that I just try and like pull it in. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. And I think I haven't, I keep meaning to the same thing, like kind of take a journal and I want to like, I mean, I journal how I'm feeling daily, what's going on. Um, but as far as just like actually tracking, like I need to do like some sort of like graph, right? Yes, just like pinpoint it what in I there.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, what envision. that's exactly what I'm envisioning. Like, cause I do the five minute journal. Mm-hmm. It's an app. Um, And it's, it's perfect for me because the idea of journaling, I think I get too stuck in my head and like overthink, like, am I doing it right? Am I writing down Mm -hmm. the right things? And I'll overthink it. But the five minute journal is like, what are three things you're grateful for? What are three things that went well for today? And what are three things you're looking forward to or something? But it's like just three, like six questions, nine questions that you can go through quickly. But I'm like, that's great. I can see if I was in a great mood, a bad mood, but like, I want to like physically see it in like a journal form. You have like mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know he had talked before and mm-hmm. I did find that journal. And I'm like reworking it now. So I'm just keep an eye out for that because I just yeah I think it'll be so helpful. It's got like a space to like put things like pulling through my wave and the date, right? So you can kind of revisit it in a little bit. And then I'm just gonna have like a little like because yeah even for myself, yeah. That's I I always and you know I follow like uh transits for astrology and stuff like that. So I'm just like I know that there and I don't ever I try and catch myself too, cause I'm not, I don't want to like blame everything, I like blame everything on like yeah. the stars and human design and things, you know, cause there is like an internal, you know, like I said, like, 100. but I do think when those things are activated, it is maybe more likely that our emotions will get triggered. Right. If you have like, if you don't have 1222 and it's activated in the transits, like, yeah, you're going to feel that energy. My son yeah. is undefined emotionally. And so, but he has like decent amount of gates activated, but I do notice like when, like right now, like the emotional solar place. Plexus is activated for the transits. And so he's just tends to be a little bit more emotional. emotional. And then me and my daughter are defined. So then whenever he's like lashing out and acting out, I'm like, okay, where are we in our wave? Because yeah. if he's, you know, on his own steady all those things, he should be like relatively even, and I just, and I just, you know, again, going back to like parenting with human design is just so helpful. Cause then I can explain to him that, you know, sometimes what you feel isn't yours. And it's okay yeah. to let that go. It's okay to remove yourself from the situation. And also anger. He he struggles a little bit with anger, but I always tell him like anger is okay. It's okay to feel angry You're justified in that, but what are we going to do with it, right? Like then that's, the, I think the piece where it's like not trying to kick or spit or hit or throw, right? It's like, how can we engage with our anger in a healthy way. So that's kind of where I try to empower him.
1: I think that's such a game changer because as a so I have a clinical license and I did a, I when in the early stages of my career, I worked with five to seven year olds who lived in traumatic mm-hmm. They lived, you know, they witnessed domestic violence, murder. I mean, intense things. They were in foster care and, you know, reconnecting with their family. Like I worked with very intense cases and a lot of them struggled with anger. And I would tell them, like, you are very justified to be angry. Angry is OK. But what do we do when we feel angry? It's what we do with that emotion of anger that makes it healthy or unhealthy. That's where we get that choice. So I love what you said to your son, because like anger is not bad. You can get angry. Mm-hmm. All and I, I told you guys earlier, like my mom is super, super lovely like sometimes to a fault like super excited super you know upbeat and when she gets angry her anger just looks very different it's a very healthy form of anger versus like my anger or you know somebody else's anger and so really learning that anger is not bad it's just what we do with it that makes it good or bad or makes it okay
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really interesting too. like, so my, my son, I was in um, an abusive relationship and I feel like a lot of my like fear and trauma was when, I, the, like when I was pregnant, I experienced a lot of, um, yeah, I just, he was like super active. And I, I just remember like one specific incident, incidents, like there was things that were thrown around the room. I was crying and I was like eight months pregnant and it was like alien, you know, the movie. Like, I mean, it was just like, he was moving and it oh, was I like, feel it. Yeah. And now anytime somebody raises his voice, like I got out of that situation when he was like one years old. So he really doesn't remember much of it. But even to this day, if somebody yells, like he covers his ears. Right. And it's just these things where it's like, and I truly think from that one, when he he was in my stomach and all the yelling and throwing now is what, you know, it's how they don't remember, but they do remember. Right. He just, so.
1: There's a technique that I do called time techniques um, that I teach and it's it's so powerful. I never, ever understood it when I first was learning and I'm so fascinated with it. But if we think of our life like a timeline and we have these little things called gestalts, like different experiences that are stamped in our life that create emotions. And actually a lot of the clients that I work with when I'm working on healing their timeline, they'll come in with a heavy sadness or a heavy anger, a lot of anxiety. We work on a timeline to heal that anger, sadness, anxiety, or all these different emotions, I would say, I kid you not, 90% of them, because they're almost in like a, a trance state, 90% of their experiences come from being in the womb mm. or before the age of one. And it is insane how many people remember that and don't remember that they remember it, but your body keeps score.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is, it's so fascinating, like just how, how so much of this is stored in our body. And I've done, um, you know, to be a magnetic that, that work, oh. it's like, um, um, oh, Yeah. It's, it's like sort of like, it's like science meets like not meditation, but they take you through these like binaural beat meditations. Right. And so it's the whole purpose is to rewire your neural pathways and it really brings you back to like your core woundings. And then, um, and so there's one specific meditation that will really bring you back into like the womb space. Right. And just like, you know, it's like trusting what comes up, but it puts you in a hypnotic state because you're in this, like these beats. Um, and it's just really interesting to like kind of go back or, you know, work through things that before you can even remember, right. Like consciously remember what happened to you knowing. And she has like a whole um, like questionnaire thing. And it's like, if you are in a, a good relationship with your parent, ask them what happened when they were pregnant with you. Right. Because that'll give you an idea of like why you have some of the patterns that you have. And it's just, it's so fascinating. And that's why I work with my son so much on anger because he was exposed to that before he even knew. Right. And so I know that sometimes when he lashes out, it's this subconscious thing that's like built in him. And so I just really am like, I don't want to suppress that. You know, I want him to like fully experience it and and be able to move through that in a healthy way and give him the tools as he gets older to like manage that.
1: And the way our, your subconscious mind works is it'll surface. Your subconscious mind holds a lot. It represses to one of the one of the prime initiatives of your subconscious mind is to keep you safe and it'll work to keep you safe. And so it suppresses a lot, but there will come a point in his life where he will likely remember a lot more than he's remembering now because his mind is probably keeping him safe until it feels like a good moment to open up. And so the fact that you've created space to be like, you know, you know, if you want to ask me a question or hey, I want to process this or I want to help you with this, that's powerful. I feel like like that's going to help him a ton, a ton on his, on his journey, on his healing Mm -hmm. journey.
0: Yeah. And he's very like, um, he's always, he's a two, four generator, but he's, and he's like always watching what I'm doing. He's just so he's got a defined mind too, which I'm telling you that defined mind. It's so interesting. Cause like, I have met so many people like recently that have a defined mind and I'm like fascinated with like how they think and they're, and that's a complete side note, but, um, yeah, he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Are you? Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I'm not a defined mind. I love people. Oh. that you know, I'm fascinated with them. Like I want
0: that. So mm-hmm. I like, no, it's fine. And so like, as I was like first learning human design, right. The, the, the books all explain it. It's like, just have a, pro- a set way of processing and thinking and inspiration and they can get set in their ways and this, then the other thing I've discovered, the more I like meet people with defined minds and have those conversations, they are so much, they're, they're actually, they're, so open-minded in the sense that I think it becomes, they don't have the insecurity of being wrong. So they Mm -hmm. want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. They want to like hear your opinion and your viewpoints and they're so interested in it. But I think it's because you're not going to change their mind. They're just like open to hearing it because they're so secure in like who they are. So I just, that's a, that's a, it's just been so interesting to like, see it from that perspective. Right. And that comes from actually engaging with people and learning and pulling charts and not just like so much the books. Cause I think the books, it's like, Revisiting and, and reading makes sense, but then when you're actually engaged, you know, and, and understanding it in a different way, allowing people to teach you,
1: as opposed yeah, that to, oh, so much sense,
0: yeah. You said,
1: "Allow." Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You said, "Allow Alon- to teach you," as opposed to you were going to say something.
0: Just like reading the book, so like sometimes I will pull an astrology chart, right? And I'm just like, I kind of make assumptions based on this, that, and the other thing. Like, oh, you have a Scorpio rising. Hmm, I'm going to keep an eye on that kind of thing, right? And I noticed I was doing this as I was like really heavy into my learning, and I had to like step back and just be like, no, this is the chart. This person can teach me more about their chart than I can from reading it, right? Because it's 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 a possibility, right? Just like human design, like we have open centers, and it's a possibility of how we can be conditioned. But your experience is like you may have somebody with an undefined G center two different people with undefined juice centers and one was raised in a healthier environment than the other. Right. And they're just completely different. They have a different relationship with that. So I just think it's, yeah, it's been important for me to learn more from human experience than just from like the textbook. And it took that to kind of pull back and, and remember that.
1: I love that so much. I One of the things that I wake up each morning and I say, like, I want, I, what can I learn new today? And I promise you that the, the, where I learn the most is through my children. And I'm like, they're younger than me, not experienced in life. But like, if we open our mind to learning from other people, there's a lot to take in. But when you were talking about the, the, um, defined, mind, oh, my, my brother has a defined uh, mind and Ajna. And I always think about this, like, I think about like a mind of like you throwing a whole bunch of magnetic letters on a refrigerator and the Ajna set spelling the word. Words, right that's how I think of those two centers. Mm-hmm. and so for me I get for me I'm like you know word vomit when I'm coming up with an idea I feel all over the place and then I swear like when I'm in the like space of my brother I feel so complete I feel so like clear and I'm like I just want that because again it comes down to like you're not going to change his mind he's just he's already confident in what he thinks or believes it's it's powerful.
0: Yeah. And it's beautiful how we can use energetics like that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend who's defined from throat down everything, but she has an undefined head completely or completely open head. I have a defined Ajna, but I have an open mind. Um, but we will like, we'll have these energy exchanges where we'll like get on the phone or like do like zoom calls or whatever, because she wants to like borrow the energy of my Ajna. And then I want to borrow the energy of her ego. Cause like, once I'm in her energy, I'm like, oh my gosh, the best I, you know, like I just have like the energy to follow through and do the things and like, and all that. And then sometimes when we're off the phone, like it'll be like an hour later and like, we'll be like collaborating on something. And she's like, oh, did you finish this thing? And I'm like, oh, I forgot like why that was felt so good in the moment. Right. Cause it's like, I was borrowing her energy, but I just think it's so cool that how human design can work like that.
1: I love it too for that yeah. same reason. Like to borrow energy is powerful, and to know where you can borrow the energy is even more profound.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, going, I think I feel like I interrupted you completely on your your process with your emotions.
1: Oh, I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> I think I'm well, just like your relation.
0: Yeah. Cause you said you had tried the tribal wave and like tracking your emotions. Um, I guess just like my question is like, how has that like evolved? Like, how have you learned to experience your emotions in a different way or like, you know, what you've kind of like tools you've had to just like regulate. Yeah. I don't
1: feel as guilty anymore, especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to like decisions. Like I just made a, a pretty big, big business investment. And, um, I've always, I've always felt really indecisive and embarrassed about being indecisive. And it'll be like really small things. Like, you know, I'd be like, okay, what am I going to eat for dinner today? And I'd be deciding between two places and I'll drive all the way to the one restaurant. And then I'm like, no, I really don't want this. And then I'll drive to the other restaurant. And then I'm embarrassed because now I've wasted time and maybe got my kids excited about this restaurant. And they really wanted that one Like, I always felt really indecisive. So for me, I no longer feel, I don't feel, with, with restaurants, it's not as big. I realize like it's safe for me to make a decision in the moment and I don't have to ride an emotional wave about what to eat, that was like a big thing for me. Mm. But I stopped feeling embarrassed about um, my decision-making process and that emotional wave of like the highs and the lows. Um, I stopped feeling really embarrassed about that. Um, and I let myself feel my emotions and I more reflect on them. I, I'm trying to do better because I feel like information is great, but integration is important. So I have the information around what the tribal wave looks like, but how am I integrating that process and really doing that deconditioning work around that? And so I've done it. And then like you mentioned, um, just being just taking care, I feel like of my energy has also supported me. And so I've incorporated, um, I I talk about self-care a lot. And one of the things that I think we struggle with when we think of self-care is like what do what do we do? Oh, I need to schedule a nail appointment. I need to schedule a hair appointment. I need to go work out. But what if self-care was just in the being? And so one of the things that I'm I'm working really hard on, because meditation was always hard for me, um, is just being and be, and when I'm just being, I feel like I've been more connected with myself, more connected with my emotions. And again, looking at it from this place of like curiosity and what is there to learn from it.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that's what all meditation is. Right. And I think like sometimes we think we have to sit and do meditation, but there's so many different forms of it. As long as you're present and you're being you and being in the moment, that is meditation in itself.
1: And when I learned that, that was mind blowing to me because I, mm. I came up with this idea that like, I remember um, I was talking to a lady who was in a program with me and she was a meditation coach and she was like, you, I walk every morning. It, that's just like connecting with nature. is like just helpful for me to like ground me and just, and I just walk. I love it. Even in the winter, like I just love it. And she was like, you can meditate when you walk, just like being present. And I did it the next day and it was so mind blowing because I, I I, at that time where I was living, I was taking like the same path every day. And I realized there was this like really beautiful tree that didn't just pop out of nowhere, but it had Mm. been there forever, but I never noticed it. I never was like present and just mindful in the moment. And so just her giving me that permission to like meditate when you're walking, meditate when you're laying, meditate when you're sitting. There doesn't have to be a time frame. Like it's okay if a thought pops up, like all of these things helped me to be okay. Just being, because I think Mm. some of that, like it's feel scary again, just being, just being.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's, I think that's why it's hard for so many people because when you are just you and being in the silence with no distractions, then you have, you have to face yourself.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's the scariest part because mm -hmm. what do we do? Like a lot of us are addicted to things, we're addicted to sex, addicted to money, addicted to drugs, alcohol, to being busy. Addict, I, struggled, I struggled big time with being addicted to being busy because if I was busy, I didn't have to face what was going on at home, you know, that when things were wrong at home. And so I, I bought into like, I'm going to overwork. I'm going to pick up this part-time job. I'm going to enroll my kids in all these activities because then I don't have to go home. I don't have to think about at home, but really that's not solving anything. It's masking it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a random day off yesterday and my kids were at school and I noticed that exactly that I noticed how much I fill my time with things. Yes. And when I had like a day to just do like nothing, like I went to the gym and I got home and I almost felt uncomfortable. So I was like, what do I do now? Right? Like, I mean, I had a bunch of stuff that I could do, but I also wanted to just like sit and process through what I was feeling because yes. it was calling for my attention. But like, it was, it was really interesting. It was really confronting. I was like, yeah. I need to spend more time like, you know, and I meditate and I do all the things I'm supposed to do. But yet having like a completely silent house for like eight hours felt weird. I was like, yeah. okay, this is really interesting. Take note of this.
1: <laughs> Isn't it crazy how something yeah. so small like that, where it's like, you feel like you have to, my evening tonight is like that. Mm. And I found myself, I wrote my friend earlier and I was like, let's do dinner. She ended up hurting her, her legs. So she was like, maybe we can do it um, another day. And I was like, okay. And I instantly got anxious. Cause I'm like, well then what do I do? And I'm like, I do nothing. And that's mm. okay.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing everything and all of your wisdom. And yeah, if you have, if there's anything like one piece of information you would love for the listeners to just like take away from this conversation, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I think what this funny, it came up to me early on and I, I was like, I don't know how to weave this into the interview, but it's dropped in my spirit. So I'm just going to share it. Um, but I would think I think about like if, if there's something that you're feeling called towards, don't buy into the belief that like you have to have this huge quantum leap, even though small, seemingly seemingly meaningless steps Add up. So if you're, you know, feeling called to heal, even small daily commitments of three minutes a day of meditation or regulating your nervous system adds up to massive results. And so one of the things that I ask myself every single morning that I would love to ask you to really think about as you as we end this episode is what is a small decision you can make today that your future self will thank you for. Just really contemplate um committing to that.
0: Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. You're and welcome. where can everyone find you? Yeah, I How like to. Yeah, I like to make it easy. I'm Nicoya Williams
1: across the board. So you can find me Williams.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook at Nicoya Williams, um, uh, all, YouTube, Nicoya Williams, Pinterest, Nicoya Williams. So you can just find me across the board and I'd, I'd love to be able to connect with you. And I'm just, again, grateful for this experience to be here, to be able to chat, It felt like such a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. And I trust that you guys got some golden nuggets dropped in here um, for you th- throughout the time.
0: Yeah. Excellent. And I will have everything linked in the show notes, but yeah, thank you so much for being here, sharing your time, your space, your energy and everything. So thank you so much. You're welcome.